you know, everyone wants to get the clap, so I'll start. Uh, this is uh, Seagar. Hey, uh, look what I found. Oh, what? Yeah, where'd you find that? So I didn't find it. My daughter found it. Uh-huh, yeah. But uh, she says, hey, I have to do this science thing, and I either have to do a podcast or I have to type out a bunch of stuff about potential and kinetic energy. Okay. And so she opted, since I'm podcaster extraordinaire, apparently, <laughs> we opted to do a little podcast. So she wanted to do intro music. Oh. And she brings this out. <laughs> and so we did we did intro music with this. Do you have the recorded final product? We do. I got to figure out how to get it. Okay. It's on her iPad for school. Okay. Do, uh, voice memos. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good, I think. All right. It was amazing. <laughs> Shall we uh, get on with this episode? Yeah, might as well. You're listening to Eyes Forward March, a podcast geared towards building the core of the non-commissioned officers. Heat up your MRE. Crack open a cold rippet and join your platoon daddies, Sergeant Bacon and Sergeant Seagar, as they continue to build networking skills, have some laughs, uplift morale, and talk about daily issues soldiers face. Let's begin. You know, I think about that. I was just listening to the intro, and we've talked many times about doing <laughs> yeah, something different with the intro, <laughs> but it works. I mean, it's what we're doing. How did it sound the way I introduced this last time? Did you like that? Not like it? Are you talking about uh, episode- the peanut butter to my jelly? Oh, episode 60. I like that. Yeah. You okay. might as well. You got something prepared? Uh, I think I got one here. All right. Welcome to Eyes Forward March with me, Sergeant Bacon. And as always, he is the Sean to my Corey Matthews. Oh my God. <laughs> Sergeant Seagar. All right. I see what you did there. You like that? <laughs> wow. Wow. I know that's going to miss like half of the audience, but mm, uh, maybe they all get it. I don't, who knows? We don't know. We oh. don't know. So I think this is going to be one of those episodes where we have a general topic that we want to talk about or just kind of have a conversation with that general topic in mind. I don't want to just put it out there. I just, let's see where it see goes. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like it. we have to do something. We do every episode because it's fun. You know what time it is? Excellent Smithers. It's time for military history. This is like the highlight of my day when I get to do this. <laughs> It really is. Uh, we we started talking as we always do before we hit the record button, and I'm like, no, let's just hit record and go because <laughs> yeah, th- my day, holy crap, this is the highlight of my day. This is the highlight of my week, dude. I've called you a couple of times in yeah. the last I don't know week or so, and I'm not gonna say they're welfare checks, but yeah, azimuth checks maybe, like just to make sure that your compass is is. Is in line. 
you're, uh, you're too, you're too There's army. been a couple of days where it sounded like, when I called you, it sounded like, bro, thank you. But you never said it, but it just, <laughs> I, I got that vibe that was like, I needed that phone call. Uh, two things. One, my phone rings off the hook. And sometimes, just sometimes, it's somebody calling just to check in. Just to be like, what's going on? How you doing? And other times it's, hey, I've got this problem and I need it fixed right now. And you never know which one it's going to be. And sometimes they're calling to ch- ask you about your extended car warranty. Sometimes. They're- <laughs> uh, hey, should we burn through this? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, we've All already right. said it's time for military history. Let's do it. What do you got? Yeah. All right. So we're looking at the uh, the week of October 23rd through the uh, October 29th for the year 2022. We're going to start off on October. 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 It's time for October. October fast. Yeah. <laughs> October 23rd of 1942, the British general Bernard Montgomery launched a major offensive against German forces under Erwin Rommel at El Alamein, Egypt. Wait, the Germans were in Egypt? Dude, World War II was, when you look at the map, that was freaking insane. Like, it literally covered, like, the world. (laughs) Well, (laughs) maybe a majority of it, but not the world. Well, you think about it, right? Not necessarily where the fighting was, but, like, the United States, Japan, right? Then we were into, uh, the Russians were involved, Europe... Then we get into Britain, and now all of a sudden, we've almost crossed circum- circumvented, uh, not circumcised, circumvented the <laughs> earth. Don't circumcise the earth. It wasn't weird until you said out loud what I was thinking. <laughs> I could see it on your face. Okay. <laughs> Staying on October 23rd, moving into the year of 1956, a Hungarian uprising against communist rule began with students and workers demonstrating in Budapest. Soviet Russians, Soviet Russians, there you responded go. by sending in tanks to put down the revolt after several days of bitter fighting. So huh. commoners, they uprised and the Russians responded with tanks. I've never really understood tank warfare. Like, I mean, you've seen like Fury and stuff like that. Uh, but I was talking to somebody else earlier today, but they used to be a guy who fires the guns in tanks. Okay. He was saying that, yeah, when you fire a certain round at a tank and it penetrates that tank, it goes in, it goes out. And when it goes out the other side, it basically turns that tank almost into like a vacuum where everything inside gets sucked out the back. How do you witness that and still move forward through life? Yeah, that's a, that's gotta be a tough one. Yeah. October 23rd of 1983 terrorists drove a truck loaded with TNT into the U S and French headquarters in Beirut, Lebanon, exploding it and killing 241 U S Marines and 58 French paratroopers. When was this? 1983. 
Okay. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of something different. I'm thinking, yeah. So I, I think what? I was probably like, yeah, I was probably like three or something like that. October 24th of 1861, the first transcontinental telegram in America was sent from San Francisco to Washington addressed to President Abraham Lincoln from the Chief Justice of California. But imagine doing a podcast over a telegram. How much fun would that be? Oh, that would suck. <laughs> Could you imagine? Moving on. Yeah. To October 24th of 1929, Black Thursday occurred in New York Stock Exchange as nearly 13 million shares were sold in panic selling. Five days later, Black Tuesday saw 16 million shares sold. That's alliteration. That's hard for me. Damn. Then, October 24th, 1931, Chicago gangster Scarface Al Capone was sentenced to 11 years in jail for federal income tax evasion. In 1934, he was transferred to Alcatraz Prison near San Francisco. He was paroled in 1939. Suffering from syphilis, he retired to his mansion in Miami Beach, where he died in 1947. Damn. However you get syphilis. And then, uh, <laughs> Nobody like, knows, but... He went from Scarface to Rotten Crotch or something and <laughs> retired October 25th. 1955, Austria reassumed its sovereignty with the departure of the last Allied forces. The country had been occupied by the Nazis from 1938 to 1945. After World War II, it was divided into four occupation zones, one by the Russians, Russians, <laughs> one, one by, by the, the US, Russias. the Russians, one by the US, one by Britain, and one by France. Moving along to October 25th through October 30th of 1983, the Caribbean island of Grenada was invaded by U.S. forces to restore, quote, order and democracy. Over 2,000 Marines and Army Rangers seized control of the political coup and previ the previous week had made the island a Soviet-Cuban colony according to President Ronald Reagan. That was a whole lot of what? Okay. What happened was Grenada, it's a little island out in the uh, Caribbean. Okay. The Soviets and the Cubans kind of took it over, and then they made it a Soviet-Cuban colony, right? Okay. In October of 83, the U.S. sent Marines and Army Rangers to overthrow that little bullshit government that the Soviets and the Cubans had created and then re restoring it. October 26 of 1881, the shootout at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona occurred between the feuding Clanton and the Earp families. Wyatt Earp, two of his brothers, and Doc Holliday gunned down two Clantons and two others. You know, the OK Corral. If you were to, uh, you know, take a vacation and you were looking for a place to stay and they had the okay corral, that just sounds like a Yelp review. Like, I mean, it's okay. It's three stars. The st you wouldn't go to the three-star corral. 
<laughs> Wasn't there a better one? <laughs> well, there's this okay corral. Yeah, let's do it. It's better than the shitty corral. <laughs> <laughs> better than the golden corral. 100% better than <laughs> See, that's a place that's like false advertising. <laughs> right. The golden. I would rather go to the okay corral. It should be called the dysentery corral. Uh, October 26 of 1951, Winston Churchill became Britain's prime minister for the second time following his conservative party's narrow victory in the general elections. In his first term, from 1940 to 1945, he had guided Britain through its struggle against Nazi Germany. I'm a Churchill guy. I like, I like that guy. Churchill was awesome. He really was. October 27 of 1787, the first of 85 Federalist Papers appeared in print in a New York City newspaper. The essays argued over the adoption of the new U.S. Constitution. They were written by none other than Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay. On October 27 of 1858, we have a birthday. Ooh, finally. The Commander-in-Chief, Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th U.S. President, was born in New York City. Old Teddy. He succeeded to the presidency following the assassination of President William McKinley. Roosevelt served from September 14th of 1901 to March 3rd of 1909. Best remembered for stating, speak softly and carry a big stick. That's how he used to get girls in high school. Lies. (laughs) October 28th of 1636, Harvard University, the oldest institution of higher learning in America, was founded in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was named after John Harvard, a Puritan who donated his library and half of his estate. Distinguished alumni include Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau, Henry James, and the NAACP founder, W. E. B. Du Bois. This is a good one. Okay. It might leave, it might leave you hungry. Oh. October 28 of 1846, the Donner Party departed Illinois, heading to California. The group totaled 90 persons, including immigrants, families, and businessmen, led by George and Jacob Donner. Tragedy later struck as they became stranded in the snow in the Sierras, where famine and cannibalism took its toll. There were 48 survivors by the end of the journey in April of 1847. Chew on that. October 28 of 1886, the Statue of Liberty was dedicated on Bedloe's Island in New York Harbor. The statue was a gift from the people of France commemorating the French-American Alliance during the American Revolutionary War. Designed by Frederick Auguste Bartholdi, the entire structure stands 300 feet tall. The pedestal contains the words, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I will lift my lamp 
beside the golden door. I didn't even know there was an inscription on the damn thing. Sure is. All right, I got about four more things here. Yeah, oh, shit. All right. So, October 28 of 1919, prohibition began in the U.S. with the passage of the National Prohibition Act by Congress. Sales of drinks containing more than one half of 1% of alcohol became illegal, called a, quote, noble experiment by Herbert Hoover. Prohibition lasted 14 years and became highly profitable for organized crime, which manufactured and sold liquor in saloons and speakeasies. This buds for you, Herbert. <laughs> October 28, 1962. The Cuban Missile Crisis ended with the announcement by Soviet Russia's leader, Nikita Khrushchev, that the Soviet government was halting construction of missile bases in Cuba and would remove the offensive missiles. President Kennedy immediately accepted the offer, then lifted the U.S. naval blockade of Cuba. The scary part about that is that you pronounced that name perfectly in native tongue. Soviet Russia. What can I say? <laughs> it's the motherland. All right. The last two things we got here. October 29 of 1618, British explorer Sir Walter Raleigh was executed in London for treason on orders from King James the one, the first, King James <laughs> I, the first. King, King James the one. <laughs> the one. He was the one. I've never, no, he's just the first. It just says King James I. And finally, October 29th of 1929, the stock market crashed as over 16 million shares were dumped amid tumbling prices, the Great Depression followed in America, lasting until the outbreak of World War II. That was military history. So yesterday, I think when I called you, we talked about how we've been using the words, not my problem, a whole <laughs> lot more in the last, I don't know, month. Yeah, I mean, it kind of should be the motto. At this point. Right. Or who else cares? Right. Is the other thing that like the, the feeling that goes with that, right? And I think where I started with it was our units loading out to do an AT and they asked me to load a trailer onto a trailer and they're like, Well, how are we gonna get it off? And I'm like, not my problem, you know, because nobody else cared enough to figure that piece out on the other side. Like, how are we going to do this? And you got into about, I don't know, do we want to talk about what's going on with your state right now? Or, Well, I mean, it just depends. I, I think ultimately what you're, what you're talking about, and I've seen this over especially recent history, is, okay, we have to somehow accomplish this task and the task is always bigger than the picture that you're directly involved in right because you're just a piece of the puzzle and when you go into this meeting or there's some conversation it's brought to brought up that hey i need you to do this i need you to do that then after you do that it comes back and it's like well what about c d e f and you're like nobody said shit about that 
not my problem. Like, if you would have said this all needs to be done and I'm responsible for it, I would have taken care of it. But this is what you told me. So it's almost kind of like a project management issue. Right. And we talked about effective management and effective teaching and learning, right? Yeah. Because we talked about uh, your Ipsy experience and how you were being taught, but you were not being effectively taught because the instructor misread the audience and didn't realize that not everybody in this audience has the same level of experience that I was expecting. And so they're teaching you at a higher level than what they're teaching at mid-level when you need entry level. Well, yes, that happens all the time. I mean, when you're talking about teaching, whether it's master resiliency or it's a system like Ipsay, but there's all these things that we have to do, right? So if you are, uh, let's just throw something out there. Like for instance, uh, your, your skill level one army warrior tasks, which you have to learn every year, you learn it in basic training. And that training is effective because of the environment that you're in, it's ingrained in you. So then you come out of basic training in AIT and you don't, typically as a new soldier get the opportunity to be like hey you're new you just came back from basic training you should know this what is new what is recent what is the standard you should really know it better than everybody else it's always the guy or the gal who's been around forever or getting ready to go to blc that's like uh you need to be able to teach something and the reality of it is is that they really haven't paid attention for let's say four years and so now you've got a group of people sitting around and you're basically going through the motions and the people who need to know don't get anything from it. I remember having that discussion. Somebody was like, well, don't they teach you CPR anymore? No. Like they haven't taught us CPR in years. Dang. 10 years ago, I think is the last time I took CPR training. It used to be mandatory. You have, you had to do it every year. Um, for us at the shop now, it is mandatory again. So I am CPR certified through my job, but not through my unit. Yeah, as far as as far as uh, training goes, there there's a way to capture your audience. Some people are very effective at it, and those are people who know what they're talking about. Typically, in my experience, and then there's people who are like, well, I'm just in a position of authority so i'm gonna stand in front of you and uh, i mean i know what i'm doing i know what i'm talking about but i don't know how to relay that message to you we recently had a briefing from the uh the s3 officer and he's highly highly educated highly intelligent yeah and i went in there looking for answers and i came out with questions i didn't even know i wanted to ask yeah he had that much information I, I basically, I felt like I came out dumber. It was bad. Yeah, that's not But he effective. didn't know his audience, you know? It, he knew the material. He was spot on, He, but he did not know his audience. And yeah. there was a lot of people that came out looking like, what just happened? I can't even remember how I said it, but there's a difference between teaching and effective teaching. Yeah. Something along that lines. Like, and that's kind of what I'm saying is you're going through the motions, you're doing the teaching, but I didn't get anything from it. But then the other day, cause I sat through a two day training 
And the only reason why I sat through it was because rumor had it that the instructor was hot, the subject matter expert. This guy got into the position where he devotes everything to understanding, knowing knowledge and, and, and progressing. I'm like, I want to learn from this guy because he effectively communicated the importance of what you're doing. You do an action. You have to know what the consequences for that action is, whether it's driving a truck down the road or pushing on the gas pedal to drive the truck down the road, or it's making a change on a soldier's record. You have to know the importance of your actions, what happens after. And he told stories, but now I understand the importance of that action. And I, best class I have sat through for a long time. But that brings us back to what we started talking about which is the give a shit effect. Some people give a shit yeah. and take that extra step. And other people say, well, I don't like what's going on, so I'm going to look for a way out. The people that do give a shit, they just keep getting tasked more with these extra duties because they give a shit. They take pride in what they're doing. They realize that it's bigger than them. And it's too big to fail. And they have to do their part to keep it from failing. Yep. Because it's it's a it's about the values, right? It's about the mission. There's a purpose greater than me that drives me. That's the mentality. And you 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 get stepped on and you get beaten down because it's like acknowledge the fact that I'm doing something good. But that's besides the point. I guess what I'm saying is. There's people out there that uh, I've influenced, and I know there's people out there, there's many people out there that you have influenced, including myself. You know, those people come out and they say, oh, you know, I, I don't like what's going on, uh, so I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to transfer to another company or I'm going to do this or, uh, you know, da, da. and it's like, whoa, that's the wrong answer. The, the reality of it is, is that you have realized what you see as the right way to do things if something changes because that's what we're all afraid of is change right that's fine instead of saying well i don't like this change i'm gonna walk away i'm gonna do something different i'm getting out f this take those traits that you have learned that you have admired bring them in and figure out a way to get yourself into a situation to utilize that knowledge those traits and your personal experience and your 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 own personality you're the person that has realized it and you're the person who can make it better for the future because that person's a bitch that person just hasn't realized the amount of effort and the struggle that it takes to get to that point sounds like a bitch i know i I just think the people who sit there and just like shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, whatever, you know, life goes on. Just going to be me. Mm. That those people are the bitches because they don't see it. They don't see how they can affect the change because they don't care. They don't care. And they're not going to affect the change. They're just going to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm me. I'm a self-centered prick. I'm a spy for Soviet Russia. <laughs> the, the people who identified those, those deficiencies and those problems and they sit there and they say, 
these people have good traits and not and and maybe these people don't have all good traits maybe they just have some good traits and a bad trait okay i'm gonna take the bad trait and i'm gonna throw that out of the pool and it's not just from one person you're just constantly absorbing you're watching and you say i don't like what's going on you're the person who can make a difference in the future I mean, that's my soapbox. I'm going to get off my soapbox, but that, that's what it is. I, it just, it's all good, but that's what, I guess that's what I'm saying. The people who present themselves and say, well, I don't like this. Okay. You're a person who cares, make a difference. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like I'm a shitty version of Eminem. Yeah, it is what it is. Let's talk about this. And I, I'm, I'm going to push this out there. I'm not going to, I'm going to give uh, a scenario. It's a little off topic. I had a soldier contact me today and they said, are you available to uh, meet tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm going to be in the office. Uh, my morning is pretty busy, but my, my afternoon should be okay. What's up? Uh, well, I, uh, I want to talk to you about the, uh, the, the options I have for getting out of my contract. Okay. What's up? Well, you know, uh, you know, I did, I did my active duty time and, uh, and, uh, you know, they sold me the guard and, uh, they told me that, uh, I, you know, uh, whatever they said, and I'm already getting paid from the VA and, you know, so drill, I'm just donating my time and it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, um, I'd, I'd rather just spend time with my kids. There's a lot more to that story than what I'm getting out of a text conversation. So come in and talk to me tomorrow. That's all I have to say about that story. After that, on the side, knowing that story, I'll say this. When you join the military, you are signing a contract. To my knowledge, that means that you are signing up to spend the next eight years of your life in some capacity as a member of the armed forces, whether it's active duty, national guard, reserve, inactive national guard, or inactive ready reserve. The next eight years of your life are part of an organization. The best organization there is in this damn country. When you are a prior service active duty type person, typically you do four years. At the end of the four years, they come up to you and they say, you can re-enlist, you can extend into that branch of active service, or you can go to the guard, or you can go to the reserve, and you only have to do one week in a month. And you know, they, there's probably opportunities to even be full-time. Somebody says, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. So they get to the National Guard, and they quickly realize that things aren't as true as they have been led to believe it's not as structured as you would think. But when you contact me and say, well, this is not what I signed up for. I have to wave the bullshit flag because that's what the national guard is. Well, especially if you're prior service, you know, you've been in the big dumb army. You've been in the big dumb Marine Corps or the big dumb Navy, you know, the game. You know how stupid it is. You know that 
every third Saturday or whatever, you're out there and your PTs with the scissors cutting the Sergeant Major's grass. You know that. But if you give the guard, if you give the reserves a chance, it can be a very rewarding and a very fulfilling journey. That's the key word. Give it a chance. And I'll add to that, give the guard a chance. But I'm going to add one more word into that. Actively. Actively give the guard a chance. The, to me, and I've never been active army or marine, or I've never been a part of the active component other than in the guard deployed. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, uh, if I were to join the active army and I'm a brand new private for the next four plus years, I am literally being told what I can and can't do when I'm going to do it. Everything is structured. You come to the guard and it's, well, I have four years of knowledge in the active component and something's not right. I should be asking questions. How can I be part of this or i don't understand like in the army i'd go to my sergeant and i'd be like hey sergeant i want to go to school and in the army they would say you can't go to school because you are in the army but then you get to the guard you need to go back to the sergeant and say hey sergeant how do i go to school and i'm gonna be like oh dude here let me help you out here uh specialist or whatever but instead you don't because you've already been told xyz this is my impression of what I am seeing. It's all spoon fed to you. And then you come to the guard and the spoon's not coming to your mouth anymore. So you just say, well, nobody's taking care of me. And I'm, I'm guilty of this too, because when I was a E4 and below and probably even E5 and below, I didn't understand what my military service obligation was. I talked to my wife who used to be in the service. She is completely opposite. She says she knew exactly what she was signing up for. She feared not going to drill because she didn't want to end up in Leavenworth. I, I don't know. I guess that's my frustration. I've been there. I was I, at one point in time, I walked into the first sergeant's office and said, this is when I was very new. I said, after basic training, after AIT, I walked into the first sergeant office. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I can, I can do so much more in the civilian world. Drill weekends are a waste of time. Later in life, I realized drill weekends are the vacation from life. Even being full time, drill weekends is a change of pace from what I do every day. I was that guy that wanted to get out and, uh, you know, somehow, some way I became full time and I, I'm probably going to do 30 years of service. So I don't know. I guess to me, it's like, how do I say that drill weekend is complete bullshit? It doesn't make sense to a lot of soldiers. It is dumb as shit. Because you're not engaged. You don't want to know the plan. I'll, I'll, you know what? I will 100% give you that. And that's because at that point in time, I was not engaged. So I totally did not mean to make this a rant episode. It, it's good to have somebody that you can talk to and uh, just uh, kind of vent your frustrations. And it's always good to have somebody who understands where you're coming from too, right? So I'll end on this point. 
I know we've kind of talked about a few different things, and I think the first part about um, effective training or whatever, you could probably cut that whole damn thing out. If you stay in the military and you travel and you you move to different companies and locations and so forth, you're going to constantly meet people. And some people are going to be just like, yeah, okay, you know, there you've met them, great. And there's other people that um, are 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 really freaking awesome people, and you get along with really well. Uh, going to different schools uh, throughout the country, uh, working with people, and moving to a different job, and and so on and so forth. One of the things that's always frustrated me, and and this is a, a personal thing that I've always had a problem with, is like you're you're in this particular situation uh or this job or this environment and you get along great with these people and you know you move on people move on one person does or you do or both do whatever and then you just cease all communication that's the dumbest thing that i've ever seen and i'm guilty of it and one of the things that I'm realizing now is that I'm starting to interact more with people I haven't seen for a while. You're the only person that I have uh, constantly interacted with after meeting from a school or working with or, or whatever. When you meet people and you work with people and you establish a relationship with those people as they move on, as you move on, as you should, because everybody needs to progress, find some time, send a text. Give a phone call. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every two days, maybe even once a month. What's going on? It's worth it. It's much easier to find a relationship and maintain it than it is to have a relationship, let it dissipate, and try to reestablish it. Right. Long-winded version. Keep in touch with great people. Yeah, that's for sure. Looks like that's another mission completed. The 30-mile check ride in the bag. Hit us up, podcastefm at gmail.com. Or follow Podcast EFM on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Sergeant Bacon. And I'm Sergeant Seagar. As always, eyes forward. March. March. Uh, my words per minute count in that episode has to be somewhere around 1,000. Don't worry about it. Did you know they're not making rulers any longer? Wow. <laughs> wow. In fact, they are. They're constantly making them longer. <laughs> they're only going to ever be 12 inches. <laughs>